If you have a Bible, you can open to Luke chapter 2. We'll look at verses 8 through 20. The text is also printed in the bulletin. We are capping off our series on Christmas traditions. I was going to end it uh, last week, but uh, Berta clamored enough that I decided to throw in another one. It's a thematic sermon on carols, Christmas carols or songs. Uh, Maybe you've noticed through this series, maybe you're getting tired of hearing basically the same introduction uh, every week. Um, But each of the traditions that we've covered so far, we talked about lights and trees, Christmas trees and gifts and feasts. Each of these things are themes that you can trace throughout the scriptures from beginning to end. They give shape to the scriptures. Likewise, songs are a high-frequency theme found on almost every page of the Bible, and this would seem to indicate that God likes songs, God likes singing, God likes music. I suppose one could choose to view the eternal trinity just like some broken mathematical equation that's sort of stuck in abstraction, Uh, but clearly God has revealed himself to be musical, three in one, whose being is perfect harmony. And he's invited us to sing with him and to sing with the choirs of heaven. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Let's pray, then we'll read the scripture. Father, we're never just after head knowledge with you and with your scriptures. We're after our hearts coming to know you and trust you more deeply, to rejoice in you and to praise you. So we pray that you would make those changes, wherever you find them uh, necessary to make, uh, you would do that work that only you can do by your Holy Spirit as we consider your word this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And in the same region, the same region where uh, Mary had her child, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise be to you, O Christ. So throughout the scriptures, there are songs Uh, sung in response to who God is, to what he has said. 
uh, the things that he's made known, the things that he's promised, and to the things that he's done, songs in response. So uh, it's all over the place in the Psalms. Just pick one. Uh, Psalm 105, verse 2 says, Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. That's sort of the point of singing in the Bible, uh, for, for human beings to sing of God's wondrous works. So there are the songs of, for example, Moses and Miriam in Exodus 15, after the, the Exodus, after the people of Israel been delivered out of Egyptian captivity. There's the song of Deborah and Barak, after God had subdued their enemies, the Canaanites, in Judges chapter 5. There's Hannah's song of thanksgiving and dedication of her son Samuel, 1 Samuel 2, where she took him to the temple. There's the whole book of Psalms. There's 150 of them right there. Uh, the, the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon celebrating love, the love between a husband and a wife, but, but really the love between Christ and the church. There's the New Testament Psalms in Luke's Gospel here in chapters 1 and 2 sort of surrounding this passage that we read this morning. Uh, the songs that Mary sings and uh, Zechariah and Simeon. <clears throat> There's uh, snippets of early church hymns in some of the letters. There's Philippians chapter 2 and Colossians chapter 1. And at the end of the scriptures, a lot of times, the songs of the saints and angels in heaven are seen in the book of Revelation. So the whole Bible is just filled with songs, almost on every page. And it opens. It opens with a song. It's the song of creation. Genesis 1, I think, and others think this is not just a strange duck. Uh, Genesis 1 has a very carefully composed structure. Uh, it has artistic patterns. It has repeated refrains. One might say it has atmospheric themes. It's a song. Genesis 1 is a song. Uh, the, so the scriptures begin with a song. And that, that's not just a point of interest. That's not just a point of curiosity. Hmm. Uh, we should pay attention to the tremendous fact that God's revelation is making himself known to us for a relationship with the, the everlasting God it opens with a song, it's so often lyrical, and it's so often musical, even just from the very beginning. From the very beginning. It means something. So when God uh, speaks to Job, out of the whirlwind, sort of set things straight with Job, in uh, chapter 38, he's speaking about the dawn of time. Same kind of things that Genesis 1 is talking about. Speaking about the dawn of time, and God says that the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And that's language that uh, in the book of Job has already been used to describe the heavenly court. Basically, it's the council of angels who are gathered before God. So the morning stars sang together, and the sons of God shouted for joy. So one can only imagine what it was like. A multitude of the heavenly host praising God as he spoke light into existence, as he rolled out the earth, as he flung the, the sun, moon, and stars out into the heavens, and, and as he brought forth all plants and animals and people by his word going forth from him and by his spirit, which says was hovering. So maybe Genesis 1 is an echo of the, the heavenly song. An echo of the angels' song. The morning stars and the sons of God singing together and shouting for joy. Maybe Genesis 1 is a, is a record of that or an echo of that. Uh, <clears throat> the angels sang at creation. And here in our passage, at Christmas time, they sang at the new creation. 
They sang again. So we sing angels from the realms of glory, wing your flight over all the earth. Ye who sang creation's story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. So when Jesus Christ was born, when God's word went forth again, when God's spirit hovered or overshadowed the Virgin Mary, then there was a new creation. Like the first one, only better. Right there in the middle of the old, broken, corrupt creation, right there in the middle of the night, God created a new. He created the man of love, the man of righteousness, to make right in himself, in Jesus Christ, to make right what was wrong with all of our old humanity, all the old creation. So because of him, there will be such a thing as the new heavens and the new earth that the scriptures talk about. Because of him, the new heavens and the new earth will be filled with new people. People who have been made new. People who have been born again of the Holy Spirit. People who have been made to live forever in resurrection glory with Jesus, like Jesus. In God's presence. In the new heavens and the new earth. Because of Jesus. Because he came into the world. Because of the new creation that we see at his birth. We sing Heart the Herald Angels sing. It's uh, my personal favorite, I think, of all the Christmas carols. We sing, mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And so uh, at his coming into the world, the angels sing his praises. They sing the praises of him who's the firstborn of the new creation. That's how the scriptures put it. He's the firstborn of the new creation. The angels sing his praises, and we've all been invited to join them in their song. It says in verse 13, and, uh, <clears throat> and then later in 20 of our passage, verse 13, there was a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. We sing that uh, Gloria in excelsis Deo sometimes. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Down in verse 20, uses the same language to describe what the shepherds are doing. It says the shepherds return from seeing the newborn, newborn king, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So the shepherds were invited to join the angel's song, and they did it. The angels sang it, and then the shepherds sang it, glorifying and praising God. So we don't know exactly what angels are like. There's a lot of pictures that we've come up with, uh, maybe sometimes loosely based on scriptural pictures of them. We don't know what they're like. Apparently they're impressive, uh, impressive heavenly beings who probably have a manual for interacting with humans where the rules clearly state upon first contact with humans, you're going to need to reassure them not to be afraid or else they'll pass out because they're so impressive. And, and heavenly glory is just radiating from them. So we don't, we don't know much about angels, but we know shepherds. We know shepherds. They're the nobodies. They're the unimportant ones. They're unimpressive. Not like angels. They're unimpressive. They're the poor. They're the unlikely. They're the unnamed ones. They're just the shepherds. They're eminently dismissible. That's basically their job description. Society can do without them, so give them the night shift out, outside of town. 
That's who they are. We know that. God didn't send the mighty angels to find the Jerusalem chamber choir. Right? He sent, uh, he sent the mighty angels not to find the, the VIPs, the very important people. The best, most impressive singers in the country to sing Christ's praises. God sent the mighty angels. God sent the impressive ones. God's, God honored the shepherds by sending these to, to enfold them. To enfold the shepherds. God shared his own excitement about Jesus. About the birth of his own son. With the shepherds. The nobodies. And the sight of Jesus. As it should. Any of us seeing Jesus should. It called forth the angelic song from their hearts and from their lips. The angel's song. Was called forth from these nobodies. At the sight of Jesus Christ. So we sing, angels we have heard on high, shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? Say, what may the, glad t- may the tidings be which inspire your heavenly song? The shepherds are singing a heavenly song now. So when the shepherds sang, it was a little picture of heaven. It was a little picture of heaven on earth, and you were invited to join the same choir that they joined. The heavenly one, the angelic one. So many of our Christmas carols, some of our most beautiful songs, I think, are variations on the angel's song. And they're calls for us to join the angel's song. So it came upon the midnight clear. For lo, the days are hastening on by prophet bards foretold, when with the ever-circling years comes round the age of gold, when peace shall over all the earth its ancient splendors fling, and the whole world give back the song which now the angels sing, the whole world. Or again, the heart herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with the angelic host, proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. So many times. It's the angel's song that we're called to join. And so Jonathan Edwards said, uh, the best, most beautiful, and most perfect way that we have of expressing a sweet concord of mind to each other is by music. He says, when I would form in my mind an idea of a society in the highest degree happy, I think of them as expressing their love, their joy, and the inward concord and harmony and spiritual beauty of their souls by sweetly singing to each other. It's the picture of heaven for Jonathan Edwards. And the apostles said that the church should be characterized by singing. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians 5, he says, Be filled, all of you, with, with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the, to the Lord. And then again in Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell in in you all richly. This was our call to worship this morning. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So so we're not just singing about any subject, right? Uh, Not just any song that comes to mind. That's great. It's fine if songs come to mind. but, But really, specifically, we're talking about the wondrous works of God in Christ, That's a picture of heaven. That's a picture of us joining the angels 
in their song, and we sing the wondrous works of God in Christ. We sing to God. We sing to one another. That's right. The scriptures say we sing to one another. The scriptures say we sing to our own souls. We sing to all the world. We sing the same thing that the angel announced that night. Verses 10 and 11 of our passage. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So the musical God has given us us the gift of singing. He's given it to us as a means of communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a means of communicating the gospel. As a means of testifying to the transcendence of God. And the transcendence of his salvation in ways you can't really testify to with just words. You've got to sing it. And that's a better picture of God's transcendence and the, uh, the wonder of our salvation. He's given us the gift of singing as a way of responding to the gospel with our hearts and with our lips. It evokes a holistic response of awe and wonder. He's given us the gift of singing as a way to give expression to our hearts as they resound and resonate with the gospel and uh, as a way of encouraging and upholding each other. It's not just for myself that I get the gift of singing. It's for others. To encourage and uphold each other in ways that are apparently deeper and more profound than merely speaking would be. So, life together as God's community is meant to be filled with song. Ultimately, because God's own life is filled with song. and has been for all eternity. Michael Reeves has a great book, Delighting in the Trinity. He says that to hear a tuneful harmony can be one of the most intoxicatingly beautiful experiences, and no wonder, as in heaven, so on earth. The Father, Son, and Spirit have always been in delicious harmony, and thus they create a world where harmonies, distinct beings, persons or notes working in unity, harmonies are good, mirroring the very being of the triune God. The triune God sang the world into being. The triune God, as it says in Zephaniah 3, he exults over you with loud singing. Imagine that. And the triune God has caught you up into his glorious song, into his heavenly song, even you. Even though you're surely much more like the shepherds outside of Bethlehem than you are like the Jerusalem chamber choir. Even you caught right up into the the song life, the musical life, the caroling life of the triune God because of the grace of God who came into the world at Christmas to bring you eternal life, you were invited to join the saints and angels' song now and forever. So we sing, good Christian men rejoice. Now ye hear of endless bliss. Jesus Christ was born for this. He hath opened heaven's door, and man is blessed evermore. Christ was born for this. Now ye need not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save, calls you one, and calls you all to gain his everlasting hall. Christ was born to save. Christ was born to save. So what's your response? Come to church and sing. Come to church and sing. Psalm 47 says, Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. 
Maybe you feel like you can't sing very well. You know you're not going to be picked for the Jerusalem Chamber Choir. Uh, that's perfectly okay. You can just shout with joy. You could probably shout just fine with joy, uh, the joy of the Holy Spirit in your heart. John Frame has a book called uh, Worship in Spirit and Truth, and he says that song, song is a way of doing many different things. It's not just one part of our worship service. In, in one sense, it's just one part, but in another, it's a way of doing different parts. He says it's a way of praying. It's a way of teaching. It's a way of blessing. It's a way of fellowshipping. You can do all that in song. So, sing loudly enough for others to hear. Don't be shy. Don't sing loudly enough for others to hear just to impress them with your voice, but to encourage them because you love them or you want them to be encouraged in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And allow others to do the same for you. Allow others to sing to you. Sometimes it'll just be the choir singing for you. Sometimes it'll be hearing what we're all singing together. But allow them to bless you through the songs of the gospel. Jesus Christ himself, the perfect human being, sings in church. You want to be like Jesus? You're going to sing in church. Imagine it. It says in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, it says about Jesus that he's not ashamed to call us brothers. And he says, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I'll sing your praise. That's Jesus. So come and join Jesus. Tell of God's name, tell of God's wondrous works to your brothers and sisters. Learn to play musical instruments so you can help us, so you can praise the Lord that way. Yes, it's, it's a lifelong pursuit. It's not easy just picking up an instrument. But did you really have something better to do with your life? Learn old songs. Learn new songs. Write new songs. Pay attention to the words. The music can be more or less helpful sometimes. But the words are crucial. Pay attention to the words as we sing them to each other. If there are aspects of this congregation's singing that you don't like, then uh, consider it an opportunity to, to not complain, but to love. And to sing with your brothers and sisters when it isn't entirely instinctive for you to do so. Consider it an opportunity to, to question your own expectations and demands about what singing should be like. Consider it an opportunity to exalt the love of Christ in the gospel and make more of Jesus together as the church singing than we're making of our own musical preferences. Jesus is the king who's worthy of all praise. He's worthy of our songs. He's worthy of our whole hearts. No. All of us singing to him with joy. So sing because he's the Savior, Christ, the Lord. We close with Psalm 98. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. 
with trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you're the one who lifts our hearts out of the mire, who lifts our hearts even to heaven, and sets us on the heights so that all of us, uh, our mind and soul and body and voice, would be to the praise of your glory through our song. We pray that you'd make us sing. You make the songs of the gospel resonate in our lives at all times and in every way, especially now these, these Christmas songs that say so much about who you are and uh, Jesus Christ, the Savior who was born in Bethlehem. We pray that you would teach our hearts, teach our minds, help us to teach one another, help us to bless one another through singing. Help us to sing uh, when we might not want to sing, when our hearts are feeling anything but uh, the songs of joy. We pray for your, your Spirit's work, granting us comfort and joy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.